This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. A season like none before has yielded an offseason with the uncertainties and questions to match. We'll keep you up to date on things in baseball and with your team on the Twins Hot Stove Show. The Twins Hot Stove Show is presented by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Last week, well, we talked a little bit of hitting with Alex Kirilov, and today, today we're going to give the guys on the mound their due as we are very excited to be joined by Twins pitching coach Wes Johnson. And Wes, it is great to talk to you. As we were just chatting, uh, we didn't get to do much of this last year because of the very unique situation that uh, everybody was put into uh so a chance to just literally sit down and talk a little bit about uh, all that's going on and all that goes on in your head in terms of the world of pitching and always striving to uh to be a, a step ahead of the curve is a great privilege for us and we're uh something that i think our fans are going to be very very excited about uh, we don't have a ton of time so i'm going to jump right in the biggest question i think on a lot of people's minds and i'm sure that you are well versed in it and have done an analysis of this in ways other people haven't even considered yet is this whole idea of workload and the unknown of uh, the interrupted season, different workloads. It's just, it's just a different situation to try to protect these arms. Where are you on that? And you always are looking out for the, the well-being of your pitcher's arms anyway, uh, but are you concerned and does this have to be dealt with differently because of the unusual workload or lack thereof from a year ago? Well, you know, I, I've done a lot of research and, and, and called a lot of uh, people who are way smarter than me, a lot of doctors and, physical therapists that I trust. And of course, you know, we have great staff when it comes to the Minnesota twins, Dr. Camp's a phenomenal resource for us. You know, he, he's helped guide me in that direction, but I, I, I first thought as I, as I went down this path that I would, you know, worry about our starters, just their workload. Uh, Jose Barrios going from 202 innings to 68 you know, and then uh, can we push him back to 200 again this year to use him as an example? And, and um, I, was, I was wrong as I, you know, went down that path, or at least on paper we are. I'm, you know, if there's something we're, we really need to lock into, I think it's more our relievers um, and, and how we're using them because you look at, well, let's just take a guy we signed, uh, Hansel Robles, you know, has threw 18 innings last year. The year before he had 71 appearances and 70 innings. So it's those appearances and those up-downs that, um, uh, without getting too much into the science, that, that you know, you need to monitor um, when you start to look at how you're ramping guys up. You know, we'll still have to keep our starters. You know, it's, it's going to be, I think, um, a little uncommon this year to see pitchers go 200 innings just because of what we have come off. But, you know, to think that, that your frontline guys – uh, who threw this past year, a Maeda, a Randy Dobnak, obviously Jose, um, that they can't go, you know, 160 to 180 innings. I think we'll be fine with that. It's funny because you mentioned starters, relievers, and 
I mean, that line's just getting blurrier and blurrier with each passing day, isn't it? Between the conventional idea of what a starter is and what a reliever is. Uh, do you look at them still as starter reliever, or do you just look at each individual as a pitcher and try to figure out how to maximize their skill set to best help a club? Well, I, you still look at it, look at it as a starter and then it's like, then everybody else is pitchers. Um, <laughs> You know, just to give you an example, I mean, you look, we had expanded rosters last year and, and in 20, and I may be a 10th or two off on this in 2019, the average starting pitcher, I think, I believe went 5.68 innings uh, per outing last year, they went 4.73. So almost a full inning less because you had more guys in the bullpen to, to come in. And, you know, the other argument would be on last year's, there was more seven inning games with double headers and so forth, but Still, at the end of the day, um, guys were coming out of the game earlier last year because you had more bullpen options. You had more guys down there. And um, I think we'll see it trend back the other way this year because uh, – and obviously we don't know everything Major League Baseball is going to do yet, but I, I doubt we're going to have you know expanded rosters the whole year. So you'll be back to that 26-man where there's thir- just 13 pitchers down there. That leaves you eight in the bullpen. And um, – I think you'll get back to a little more conventional. These guys, you know, it'll be um, – I think the terms now are going to be more of, you know, here's your starters. Here's your your guys who can go multiple or, or you know, a, a long relief appearance. And then you've got what they're going to probably deem as high leverage pitchers. And those are guys – and, you know, high leverage is happening a lot now in the sixth, seventh inning. And so I think that's where you'll you'll kind of see this thing go. I don't, I don't want to dwell, West too much on last year because there's so many other interesting topics to cover, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't allow you to talk a little bit about your first experience with Kenta Maeda. Uh, what a special year he had. He's a, an incredible individual to be around. And just your experience with Kenta over what was a pretty special season. You know, Kenta's a great um, competitor, a great teammate, great man. And, and as I've said before, you know, it, was, it became very apparent to me real early that he had a burning desire to, be, to, to prove to people that he could be, you know, an elite pitcher in this league. And, um, you know, when, when you get around guys like that, it, it's exciting. Uh, you get energized being around those guys. And, and just his, his work ethic, uh, you know, here's a guy who's been doing this a while. I mean, only, you know, only in the U.S. We, we only think he's young, but. This guy was obviously a star in Japan uh, and in their baseball league. But the thing is, is he's still trying to learn. He still wants, you know, it's every day he's, he's coming to me with something. And uh, like I say, when you get around people like that, A, it's, it's fun to watch them. Uh, but they bring an, an excitement to, you know, not only to you, but to the team and, and especially to the pitching staff. Pitching coach Wes Johnson is our guest. Always great to talk pitching with Wes Johnson. Uh, and it's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are born. We've had some time here in the offseason. Now, it, it isn't a typical offseason in any way, shape, or form, but I know you're not just sitting around. I know that you probably have either found some new toys to work with, uh, some new ways of, of, of analyzing the guys you have. I know you're also active in terms of potential acquisitions and looking at what they do. And I also, and this is what I love about you, some guys get a way of doing things, have some success, and that's just it. That's what they do. I feel like you're always adding 
Uh, you're always seeking to learn more and find even better ways to continue to improve uh, yourself and your pitchers. So uh, without giving too much of the secret sauce away, where where have you been spending most of your time uh, digging around and, and trying to uh, get the most out of your guys? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, my, uh, Pete Mackey, our bullpen coach, and Kobe Suggs, our pitching advanced scout, you know, they give me a hard time because we have calls once a week and, and uh, I can chase a lot of rabbits uh, because I, I do, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of different things. But, you know, I've spent a lot of time um, this offseason, as we alluded to earlier in the, in the interview on, um, looking at workload uh, with a, obviously with going through the pandemic. But, and, and then, you know, the, the other side that, that always intrigues me is um, the brain and recovery. Um, and because I, I, that is still a piece to this puzzle that if we can truly figure out or, and, and I, and, you know, I don't know that we'll, you know, you'll ever figure everything out, but if we can get close to getting a better awareness of, of what recovers each individual and both mentally and physically, then without giving away our secrets, because I think we do have some things that we've come across that I'm really excited about. Those are the things that 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 you know have always intrigued me, and that I spent uh, some additional time on this offseason. Then you're always looking at, you know, what can I do to help this guy get over this hump? And yeah, that that doesn't that doesn't doesn't stop. I, I don't think you can ever, you know, if you think you've got the perfect uh, you know remedy or sauce or recipe or whatever adjective, cool little word we want to use right here. <laughs> Uh, you're going to get passed up. You, you better be constantly trying to prove, or at least that's, you know, that's my way of thinking. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I read a lot of books and I, 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 <laughs> I do crazy tests and, uh, you know, looked at a lot of different things this off season, but really it boils down to trying to get our guys to recover better. And, and then how do we attack workload and days off and so forth. In terms of actual pitches, and, and one of your phrases you'll use a lot is pitch characteristics, and that can mean a lot of different things well beyond uh, the surface, and we don't want to get too deep and too into the weeds to where we can't see here in this short amount of time. Uh, but you talk about guys who have certain characteristics. I think of a Matt Whistler before he got here, so you knew kind of what he was bringing to the table, and I know you look at biometrics a lot. Can you teach those characteristics to people who don't have them or do you have to look at what their body does naturally and then accentuate what they do well? As an example, Jake Odorizzi's ball spins at a different access than, than some other guys. And as such, he doesn't need to throw 98 to work up in the zone. But could you teach somebody to throw a ball on that axis? Or do you have to look at how their natural body functions and then go from there to figure out a good plan for them? Well, that, that's a great question. And, and, and the, the short is, is yes and no. I think it deals more with you know, the mental side of the player, you know, we, we've really got to be in touch with the mental side of them. Um, anytime you teach somebody something new, right, they're, they're going to experience failure. And, and as I've, I've said, you know, the, the great pitchers to me in this league are, are guys who can get mad at themselves, but not turn it to be a negative thought. And um, so, you know, th these guys are under such a, a microscope um, and, and, you know, have all the lights on them. We've, I, we first look and say, do we think this person has the mental capacity to take this change on? Um, and if they do, then, then we, we're going to attack it full force. If not, 
not to say we won't attack it. We're just going to have to go at it really slow and, and, and gradually build it in because you'll see that a lot. You, you'll see, you know, failure leads to um, getting mad at themselves and getting mad at themselves leads to negativity and negativity leads to a loss of confidence. And then, and then it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you don't have confidence in yourself, you're not going to succeed. So I, it's a yes and no question, but no, we sit down and, and, you know, we have a plan for every guy on, on what the next level is. You know, I joke, I'll use Homer Bailey. You know, I teased him when we signed him last year, he had two no hitters uh, in his career. And I said, Hey man, you know, uh, you got to keep getting better. There was this guy, Nolan, he had seven, I guess if you throw eight, then you can say you're done. But uh, until, until then there, there's always another level. People talk a lot about, uh, you know, more pitchers working up in the zone. Velocity is higher than it's ever been, but more sliders are being thrown than ever before, and they're really hard to hit. A lot of the changes have also stemmed from changes in swings. We saw a lot of guys who came up and were taught from a young age to swing a little differently than guys who maybe played in the 80s or the 90s in years past. This is always going to be an adjustment, pitchers and hitters. Have you noticed hitting and hitters trying to make changes or changes in the overall look of swings to try to react to what has proven to be a very successful way of pitching the last couple of years? Oh, 100%. Um, I was on a call to, uh, this morning on this very subject. But, uh, yes, I mean, hitters are making adjustments um, and, and are attacking. And, and, you know, that's what you would expect, right? I mean, there's phenomenal hitting coaches out there across the league. Uh, and these guys are phenomenal athletes and to make an adjustments, um, you know, is, is not out of the question for these guys. And so whether it be them adjusting in, you know, in the box or changing their swing or changing their approach, you're seeing it all across the board and um, it's a constant cat and mouse game. So uh, with that uh, aspect, but no, they, they are, they're, they're, they're and you're seeing it across the league, right? I mean, home runs and, uh, slug and, you know, it, uh, it just the whole, I mean, we could get into that, you know, that we could chase fun, that rabbit right? a long ways. So yeah, that's why it's fun because it's yes. always happened. I'm going to leave with this one. We had Alex Kirloff on last week. Who's a great guy to talk to about hitting. Uh, and there is this whole wave we've been hearing about of young position players, including Rooker and Larnick and Royce. What about the next wave of specifically starters? We've seen a lot of arms come up and have success for you the last couple of years. We've seen existing players get better. We've seen guys who have been traded over here take big leaps forward. Uh, is there a group of starting pitchers or guys who profile as big league starters that is on the horizon that Twins fans can look forward to seeing, whether it be Wichita, St. Paul, or eventually here? Yeah, no, I mean, gosh, you look at it. I mean, Jordan Belazvic is is – going to be a really good player in this league. Um, Giovanni Duran, Bailey Oberts. I mean, these are guys that um, can get you really excited when you watch them throw. Uh, you know, Bailey's a different different guy, so tall, and the ball comes out of, you know, a different angle. It's not like he's running it up there like the other two guys, you know, 95, um, and, and you know, just attacking and uh, got nasty. I mean, he's just got he's – just, he's got some deception. You know, and then, and then you can get real excited about a Dakota Chalmers and what this young man can do. And, you know, he's got a fastball in the mid to upper 90s with really, really good breaking ball and, and a really good changeup. And, um, you know, his better days are ahead of him, and we're really excited about him. And, you know, it's uh, – our, our minor league 
coordinators and coaches do a phenomenal job. And uh, they're going to keep getting them ready, just like they got those position players ready. Because we do, we have, we have a, a wave of young position players that you can get really excited about. And, and I think you're, you're going to be saying the same once you see some of these arms. Yeah, and again, with the season last year, I think, again, a shout-out and tip of the hat to the development staff for the way they allowed players to get better even without a way for those guys to play in games. Really a remarkable job they did all of last summer. Wes Johnson is the guy. If you want to know about pitching, he's the one to talk to. We'll take a break on the Hot Stove Show. We'll hear a little bit more from Wes later right here on your home for Twins Baseball. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Want to remind everybody, check out uh, twinsbaseball.com backslash hot stove auction to check out our January auction items as next week we will have our final day of bidding and give away some great prizes. Also excited to announce while we wish we could be hosting an actual Twins Fest, the Twins will be having a virtual Twins Fest on Saturday, January 30th, uh, a full day of programming from 9 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon that will be streamed live on all of your Twins social media platforms, perhaps the very platform you are listening to us on right now. Uh, Again, it is a virtual Twins Fest with all sorts of different programming and activities for a little sneak peek at what some of that programming might sound like on Saturday, January 30th as part of Virtual Twins Fest. We uh, eavesdrop on Shop Talk where we put together the unlikely trio of Tory Hunter, Joe Maurer, and Kirk Cousins. I know all three of us were quarterbacks in high school. I'm pretty sure I was the best one out of you three. Uh, but anyway, I just want <laughs> What kind of quarterbacks were you guys in high school? I know I was an option quarterback. I ran the ball whenever I had a chance, but I threw for some yards as well. What kind of quarterbacks were, were you and Joe? Uh, Kurt, you go first. Yeah, I was a lightly recruited player. Unlike Joe, I was kind of on the other end of the spectrum, just trying to get discovered. I played in a pretty pro-style high school offense, so we ran the ball, but I got to drop back and throw it a fair amount. And uh, I wasn't very mobile. I kind of just tried to play from the pocket. So I've kind of been the same guy since my high school days, just on a, on a different stage as I've moved on. But uh, I'll let Joe tell it, but he was he lived a little different life in high school. Well, <laughs> definitely say, Tori, you were the best running quarterback out of the three. <laughs> just a snippet of the conversation. That uh, segment is called Shop Talk. Tori Hunter, Joe Maurer, and Kirk Cousins just sitting around quite literally talking shop that will just be part of the programming again it's from 9 a.m until 4 p.m all day long streaming live on twin social media platforms saturday january 30th it's virtual twins fest check out twinsbaseball.com backslash twins fest for a full schedule as to the events where you can find shop talk and a whole host of other entertaining uh, options for your uh, twins fix here in the cold month of January. Meanwhile, we will continue here with our edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. More from Wes Johnson. Wes Johnson last week uh, was uh, kind enough to sit down and chat with a host of Twins season ticket holders. They had some questions for Wes, and if it's about pitching, you know Wes had some answers for them. We appreciate you being with us. We'll have Wes with those answers when we return for our final segment of the Twins Hot Stove Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. The Twins Hot Stove Show comes at you every single week right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer. You get a Killer Brew Root Beer prize pack if you're selected to Zoom bomb us every week and ask one of your questions to our guest. This week, though, 
a little different because this past week, Wes Johnson sat down for what we called Pitching 101 with a group of season ticket holders. No games to go to, but part of the loyalty program for our season ticket holders, and you can still buy season tickets, 40-game packs for the upcoming season, sweet spot benefits, including a chance to sit around and learn about pitching for over an hour from Wes Johnson. Here's a couple of the questions he dealt with. As they wade into either the medicine balls or the weighted balls is, how do I know how heavy? What's too heavy? What's not heavy enough? What age? You know, at what point can I give my kid a weighted ball? Is it too early? Is it too late? Yeah, let's start with weighted balls and then I'll move into the others. You know, good rule of thumb that I talk to people out. You know, once again, guys, this is just, it's different. And I wish I could answer each person individually based on what they are. This baseball right here that we use and that they use in Little League weighs five ounces, Okay. If they're throwing a peewee football around in the yard, a peewee football weighs 10 ounces. That's a weighted implement. Weighs double what a baseball weighs. They make a seven-ounce weighted ball. And so I tell people, look, if you don't know and you're 12 years old, don't go any higher than the seven-ounce ball. And then to transition into the – you saw my medicine ball throws. I get asked all the time, well, what about – what should we do there? Guys start them throwing a basketball, girls' basketball, 28.5 ounces. Well, we got, and I'll say, well, is he playing basketball in the eight foot goal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then he's strong enough to throw that, that 28 ounce basketball into the wall or throw it to you as a partner. And then I tell people as they progress, you know, as they grow and get stronger in their core, I would never put a 12 year old in probably anything over four pounds. And that would be for somebody who's really strong. You know, I've got an 11 year old daughter who <laughs> I may do medicine, she's a basketball, volleyball player. We use a two pound ball. But when we started that process three years ago, uh, this is the first year she's using two pounds. We did basketball stuff the whole time. Right, great answer. And again, I, I know a lot of people interested on that note. And probably the second most popular question, Wes, is about breaking balls and uh, when to throw them. It's funny because as you and I discussed, for all the talk about velocity and people have never thrown harder than they're throwing right now, more breaking balls were thrown in the big leagues this year than ever before at a higher percentage. But when does that start? Again, a kind of a loaded question because it depends on how you're throwing the breaking ball and things of that nature. But take the breaking ball subject on. Guys, I'm going to let you know something. I'm, I'm fixing to uh, change the way you think. If I ask you what pitch, no matter what your age is, is safer to throw. So I've got a baseball here, okay? So, guys, I'm, I'm grabbing a four-seam fastball. Is that pitch safer? And there's a lot of curveball grips we can get into. Or is this curveball grip and pitch safer? I'm pretty sure everybody's going to say the four-seam fastball is the safer pitch to throw. And I got bad news for everybody on here. The curveball is a safer pitch to throw. Now, I've got to get into that. If we throw it properly, and that's a big word right there, properly, the curveball is a safer pitch because what happens is, is we actually supinate and then we pronate. When guys throw a four-seam fastball, they stay behind it a little longer and they pronate a little less. So I did a study on this in 2011. Um, and then ASMI has published a similar study talking about the curveball is a safe pitch to throw if thrown properly. The challenge that we run into on why the curveball has a bad name is A, it's taught wrong, and then B, hand size really matters. If a young man can't grip the ball and turn it and then also come back and pronate, he's too young to throw a curveball. So what's my answer? A lot of it depends on his hand size. And then the next way is, is how we teach the curveball. And we don't have enough time for me to get in on this call, how we teach the curveball, but I've spoken a lot across the country 
on the proper way to throw the breaking pitch. But when it's thrown properly, it is a very safe pitch and there's no age limit. I look at guys and I say, wait, his hand's a little small. If he's still having to grip the ball to throw a fastball with three fingers, that's a very good cue that he's going to really struggle and could potentially hurt his arm if he threw a curveball. If he can throw his fastball conventional with two fingers here, then he's starting to get a big enough hand. That's a good rule of thumb just to keep this topic short uh, because this could go an hour. And you're going to go into that session two, as you alluded to, is going to be January 28th. It could be a topic. Yeah, right there in the in mechanics and grips. And question here from Amanda that I think is unique. I had a young pitcher whose dad threw sidearm, so naturally the kids started throwing sidearm. What's your opinion of kids throwing sidearm if that's naturally how they begin to throw? As long as it's clean, you know, without seeing it, it would be tough. But I've got no problem with young men throwing sidearm. A couple of things we would look at, are they still pronating? You know, Sergio Romo, your posture has a lot to do with how the ball comes out of your hand. And Serge has, he doesn't look like he's throwing sidearm, but when you break down his posture, he almost is. So, you know, there's a guy who's, (laughs) he's pitched in the big leagues a long time. Again, that's Wes Johnson, who will be having a pitching 201 coming up with season ticket holders as well. Contact the Twins if you're interested in sweet spot benefits and becoming a Twins season ticket holder. We'll have a lot more to talk about next week. George Springer has signed north of the border. We've got Twins staff assignments in the minor leagues. And we also will look back over our shoulder at this past week's International Signing Day. All of that is coming up next week. For now, on behalf of Wes Johnson, Chris Atterbury saying so long. This has been the Twins Hot Stove Show on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of a Treasure Island Baseball Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.